Growing up, I was pretty good at math and science. Uh, maybe a little too good. I was that kid that got excited uh, about getting a scientific calculator for his birthday. I enjoyed science partly because it seemed objective. The right answer was the same for everyone. However, if you start to look closely at the philosophy of science, of the scientific method, you realize that science can only tell us what things are not. Theoretically, the next test could prove that our knowledge or assumption about something is incorrect. Plus, science can only tell us how something exists. It cannot tell us why something exists. Ultimately, the universe cannot explain why itself exists. It cannot explain why there is a universe instead of nothing at all. Using the Big Bang Theory, uh, not the TV show, it can be shown how the universe exists in its current form, but it still cannot show it, uh, science why there's something in the first place. As Catholic Christians, we believe that we are the reason there is a universe as opposed to there not being a universe. We believe that God is love. As you have heard me say a million times, God is love because of the Trinity. God is a community of love because He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because He is Trinity, He is a perfect community of love in Himself for all eternity. He does not need us to exist. He does not need us to be love. However, in His infinite love, He wanted to share His love with, with us. So He created human beings with the capacity to love. This is why we have a God-sized hole in our hearts. This is why the Bible says that we are created in the image and likeness of God. This is why we desire a love that is faithful, fruitful, free, and total. We were created to be in a love relationship with God that is just this, faithful, fruitful, free, and total. This perfect relationship with God is our purpose, our ends, our ultimate desire, our final satisfaction. The first two human beings, we'll call them Adam and Eve, since that's what the Bible does, had this perfect relationship with God. However, Satan got Adam and Eve to question God's love for them. Satan got Adam and Eve to consider the possibility that God is not 100% trustworthy. So Adam and Eve commit the original sin. Out of distrust, they eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Some knowledge is not good knowledge. It is good that I do not know how to make a homemade bomb. That's probably a good thing. But maybe there is some people who maybe unfortunately need to know such things to keep the rest of us safe, to keep uh, harmful people away. So Adam and Eve, after the fall, after eating the tree of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, know not just the good, but they also know evil. The fall also greatly damages the relationship with God. By eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it has the opposite effect of what they desired. Now Adam and Eve's knowledge of good and evil is clouded. Their ability to discern good and evil becomes unclear. Being born into the human race, we at our conception, we inherit this original sin, this broken relationship with God. If you study the fall of Adam and Eve in the third chapter of Genesis, 
you realize that right after Adam and Eve committed the original sin of distrust and pride, God set into motion a plan to win us back while respecting the free will he gave us, which is necessary for authentic love to exist in the first place. The culmination of this plan to win us back involved sending the Son, the second person of the Trinity, to earth to take on a complete human nature without losing his complete divine nature, his ability to heal our relationship with God. Jesus does this by being born of Mary, being baptized, sacrificing his life on the cross for our sins, rising again to give us the grace for holiness and wholeness, and giving us a church to help us become saints. Now we have the opportunity to respond by choosing Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. This four-step outline of salvation history is called the Kerygma. One, God made us for a relationship with himself. Two, we sinned and then broke that relationship that we were intended to have with God. Three, God, who is God and man, Jesus, who is God and man, came to heal the, that relationship through sacrificing his life, rising again, and giving us the church. For we have the opportunity to respond by choosing to have Jesus as our Lord and Savior. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. For the last several weeks, we have been celebrating step three. We have been celebrating that Jesus, who is divine, took on our human nature and was born as an infant in Bethlehem, grew up, and after 30 years went to John the Baptist to be baptized in the River Jordan. Jesus obviously didn't need to be baptized to have his sins wiped away. Jesus, even though he had two full natures, human and divine, being one divine person, he did not sin. Jesus, by being baptized, gives water the power to cleanse us. Jesus, in his baptism, continues to repair our relationship with God. So Jesus gives water the ability to wash away not just the visible dirt on our bodies, but in our own baptism to wash away the invisible spiritual dirt of original sin. At our conception, God loves us, but we are outside God's family because of the stain of original sin. Baptism removes that stain, the stain of original sin. Also, in our baptism, we ride in on Jesus' coattails. We are adopted through Jesus into the family of God by God the Father. In our baptism, we also receive saving grace for the first time. It is this saving grace that propels us to holiness, to becoming saints, to prepare us to be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect, to prepare for an eternity in heaven, bathing in the perfect love of the Trinity. This saving grace is lost each time we commit a mortal sin. Mortal means death. Saving grace dies when we commit mortal sin. In some ways, our soul dies. Thus, to resurrect our souls, to resurrect saving grace, we need to go to confession. Souls that are in a state of mortal sin, souls that have no saving grace in them, can go to hell. When we receive absolution for our mortal sins in the sacrament of reconciliation, the saving grace that was originally given to us at our baptism, is resurrected, is restored, is reinstated into our souls. I do not say this as a scare tactic, but rather as motivation to take this seriously. 
Also, this saving grace is reinforced, is fortified each time we receive the Eucharist in a state of grace. So if you have mortal sin on your soul, get to confession. If you don't, receive the Eucharist as often as you can. This gives us supernatural grace, supernatural grace to help us become saints. If the kerygma of the gospel message, the good news is that God loves us and created us to be in relationship with Him, then there is no greater work to be done in our lives than to learn how to better receive God's love for us and to love Him back. There is no greater work than to grow in holiness, to prepare ourselves for eternity in heaven. Ideally, we do good not out of obedience, like a slave obeying his or her master, but rather out of love, out of being a beloved son or daughter, knowing that what God wants for us is what is best for us, is what will bring us the greatest joy. We get to heaven not by doing good works, but by being in relationship with God. Ideally, your mom and dad don't love you because you do dishes every once in a while, but rather because of their love, because of the love of your, of your family. Doing the dishes is just what members of the family do for the good of yourself and for other family members. For 2,000 years, people have had radical conversions, not because of a radical encounter with a set of rules, but because of a radical encounter with a person, Jesus Christ, love himself. We are all sinners. We are all in need of saving. We all need Jesus Christ. We can say we don't need a savior. We can live like we don't need a savior. But this is a lie from the devil. So today, right now, double down on living out the purpose of your life to receive and love God back in this life and in the life to come. Today, say yes to being in relationship with God, especially by spending time with Him each day in prayer. Say yes to striving to be the best son or daughter, not out of duty, but out of love and trust that what God wants for you is what is truly best for you. Today, say yes to renewing your baptism by receiving the sacraments of confession and Eucharist on a regular basis. God the Father says to Jesus, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Know that God says this to you today because of your baptism. You are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter, with you I am well pleased.